0: Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Muslims Want to Know, the show where I try to answer the questions you have about the Bible and Christianity. I'm your host, Rev. Eric Mason. We will skip through our normal introduction for today so we can get into our question. And why is that? Because today is a special holiday episode, answering the question, what is Pentecost? But before we answer that question for today, let me open our conversation with a brief prayer. God Open the eyes of our hearts that we may hear your words and understand and do your will, for we are sojourners upon the earth. Do not hide your commandments from us, but open our eyes that we may perceive the wonders of your law. Speak to us the hidden and secret things of your wisdom. Enlighten our minds and understanding with the light of your knowledge, not just to cherish those things written, but to seek after you by doing them. Amen. Well, this episode is dropping on Sunday, June 5th, which is a special holiday in the church calendar. Today, Christians from all over the world are celebrating Pentecost. But what is Pentecost? Good question. Here's some background information about the holiday. The events of the first Christian Pentecost occurred 10 days after the ascension of Lord Jesus. At the ascension, Lord Jesus gave his followers a special promise. Acts chapter 1 verses 4 through 5 While he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise, which, he said, you have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. Ten days later, at the festival of Pentecost, this promise of Lord Jesus was fulfilled. The Holy Spirit came down on his followers on that special day. Pentecost is derived from the Greek word for 50, and that's fitting because it occurs 50 days after Easter and is observed on Pentecost Sunday. As we learned last year, Pentecost is the day in which God, the Holy Spirit, gave humanity a common language, fulfilled God's promise to humanity, where he wrote the laws of God on our hearts, and is the day the Christian church, as we understand it, began. Now, if you want to learn more about the history of Pentecost, I recommend listening to last year's episode before resuming this one. For our time today, I will read through the account of Pentecost, then I'm going to share some thoughts on what the holiday means for you and I today. Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 47 When the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were staying. They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each one of them. Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were Jews staying in Jerusalem, devout people from every nation under heaven. When this sound occurred, a crowd came together and was confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. They were astounded and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us can hear them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those who live in Mesopotamia, in Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the magnificent acts of God in our own tongues. They were all astounded and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But some sneered and said, They are drunk on new wine. Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and proclaimed to them, Fellow Jews and all you residents of Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and pay attention to my words, for these people are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only nine in the morning. On the contrary, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. And it will be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all people. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. I will even pour out my spirit on my servants in those days, both men and women, and they will prophesy. I will display wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and a cloud of smoke, the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to these words. This Jesus of Nazareth was a man attested to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs that God did among you through him, just as you yourselves know. Though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, you used lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. God raised him up, ending the pains of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by death. For David says of him, I saw the Lord ever before me, because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. Moreover, my flesh will rest in hope, because you will not abandon me in Hades, or allow your Holy One to see decay. You have revealed the paths of life to me. You will fill me with gladness in your presence. Brothers and sisters, I can confidently speak to you about the patriarch David. He is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Since he was a prophet, he knew that God had sworn an oath to him to seat one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke concerning the resurrection of the Messiah. He was not abandoned in Hades, and his flesh did not experience decay. God has raised this Jesus. We are all witnesses of this. Therefore, since he has been exalted to the right hand of God and has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, he has poured out what you both see and hear. For it was not David who ascended into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord declared to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know with certainty that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, What should we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. With many other words he testified and strongly urged them, saying, Be saved from this corrupt generation. So those who accepted his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. One of the most striking things about the story of Pentecost is how the event reveals God's love for humanity. After the death, resurrection, and ascension of Lord Jesus, humanity could have simply been given a list of instructions to live by. Left to our own ends, we would have disobeyed those rules or worse, turned our lives into a series of legal boxes and codes to check off. Instead of abandoning us to a legal system based on our good works, God the Father and God the Son blessed humanity with the gift of God the Holy Spirit. and This fulfills the prophecy of Joel Peter quoted in his speech in Acts chapter 2 but it also fulfills a unique promise of Lord Jesus. Before Lord Jesus died, he shared with his disciples that it was necessary for him to die, not just for the sins of the world, but so all believers could receive God, the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, verses 18 through 26. I, Jesus, will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. In a little while the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live too. On that day you will know that I am in my Father. You are in me, and I am in you. The one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me, and the one who loves me will be loved by my Father. I also will love him and will reveal myself to him. Judas not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it you're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. The one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. The word that you hear is not mine, but is from the father who sent me. I have spoken these things to you while I remain with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. The author, Luke, described the event of Pentecost as a moment filled with the signs and wonders of God. There is a rushing wind the appearance of holy fire that does not consume or burn, the sharing of the story of Lord Jesus in many languages, an inspired speech by Peter that leads to the reception of God's word, the repentance from sins, and the baptisms of 3,000 new members of the family of God. These signs signify that God is fulfilling his promise to grow his family by rescuing us from sin and death while at the same time fulfilling his promise and desire to dwell among his people. And it is this special indwelling you and I will look at as we discuss what Pentecost is. In some of our previous episodes, you and I learned about the tabernacle and later temple of God. These were holy places established by God where sacrifices were made by priests on behalf of the Israelites so that God could dwell among his people. But the tabernacle and temple were not meant to be permanent and are actually considered types of Lord Jesus by biblical scholars. Now what that type means is that the tabernacle and the temple both prefigured Lord Jesus and pointed to the moment the Son of God would enter space and time. In so doing, God would literally dwell among his people, becoming a new temple, while also acting as our great high priest and our once-for-all sacrifice. When Lord Jesus died for the sins of humanity, the sacrificial system of atonement was no longer needed. After the resurrection, he ascended into heaven and took his rightful place with God the Father. And this brings up a necessary question. Did Lord Jesus abandon humanity by ascending into heaven? The answer, according to our holiday today, is unequivocally no. In fact, it's a mistake to think that God suddenly abandoned humanity and deprived us of a central place in which he could dwell among us. It's also a mistake to believe that humanity was abandoned and left without a guide until the promised return of Lord Jesus. The Counselor, the Holy Spirit of God, was sent at Pentecost to dwell in all who place their sincere faith in Lord Jesus. And at that moment, at the first Pentecost, the first believers became temples of God, the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19-20 Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you are bought at a price. So glorify God with your body. So, what is Pentecost? Pentecost was the outpouring of God the Father's love toward humanity as we, bodily temples, were filled by God the Holy Spirit through our faith in the love of God as expressed through the sending of God the Son. Since Pentecost, every person who repents of their former ways and professes sincere faith in Lord Jesus, is cleansed of their sins. They become a new creation and become a temple of the Holy Spirit of God. In the episode, Are All Christians Truly Christian? I mentioned that time and observation are the markers through which one can tell whether a person is a true Christ follower or not. Now, this is very important when understanding the concept of Christians becoming temples of the Holy Spirit of God. You see, having the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in us does not mean we will not sin or suffer consequences in this life for those sins. It means our lives begin to look more and more like Lord Jesus' life. And this is brought about through the cultivation of our relationship with God in and through the spiritual disciplines of prayer, fasting, reading and listening of scripture, time and silence and solitude, time and worship both alone and in community, in giving alms and so much more. Now, one of the things that I've noticed in my conversations with Muslims is that often they are taken aback. When I mentioned that we can have a personal relationship with God. And I realize it's difficult to comprehend how God, who is holy and all knowing and all powerful and eternal, you know, why this God would want a relationship with people, let alone dwell within us. And yet, that's the story of the Bible. The Bible is a story of a wayward people being drawn to God so he can dwell among his people. It is a story of God's economy, which flips our expectations in regard to works and rewards. It is a story that reveals it is not our works that make us worthy of being temples of the Holy Spirit. It is the work of Jesus on the cross and our faith in that work that makes us worthy to receive that spirit. It is our faith that makes us worthy to stand in the presence of God. God's desire is to dwell with his people. And Pentecost is a fulfillment of God's desire for union with humanity. And the process towards such union is called theosis. Fun fact! Theosis is a Greek word that means deification. According to the book, Got Questions? Bible Questions Answered, theosis is the process of becoming like God and is the transformation that takes place within the believer. This transformation is made perfect through our partaking in his nature through the Holy Spirit which resides within us. As a result, there comes to the Christian a profound sense of unity with God. Though we know that the full realization of our oneness— Our perfection with God comes after death. This process of theosis or divinization grows in time, by degrees, throughout our lives. Unlike Hinduism or Buddhism, Christians do not believe such union is akin to merging with the supreme intelligence, so much as coming to a deep understanding of the will of God, and freely and lovingly acting in accordance with His will. Such union is only attainable after death and wholly at the return of Lord Jesus and the resurrection and renewal of all things. So, not only do Christians believe they can have a relationship with God, but through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God, we are also gradually being drawn toward a beautiful and collective union with him as well. And Pentecost is the moment in which God made that possible for those who believe in Lord Jesus. Well, once again, thank you so much for joining me. I hope and pray that as you continue to seek God, you ask for visions and clarity on all these Christian claims. And if you'd like some good resources on the material I covered today, I recommend taking a look at Got Questions. Bible Questions Answered by S. Michael Houdman, Consecrating the World by David Fagerberg, and the CSB Study Bible, which of course is the Bible translation I use. And that sound means it's about time to wrap up. Before we close our time together, I want to remind you to hit that subscribe button and leave a review. The more reviews the podcast receives, the more it comes up as a recommendation for others. And the more it comes up as a recommendation, the more other folks get a chance to hear answers to their thoughtful questions. And speaking of questions, I have some exciting news for you. The website for Muslims Want to Know is finished. And on that website, you can listen to episodes, read transcripts of those episodes, submit your own questions, and take online courses as well. And you can also support the podcast if you'd like. So please visit us today at www.muslimswanttoknow.com. Well, from my home recording studio in the Little India neighborhood in Chicago, Illinois, to wherever you're listening, I want to say thank you so much for continuing our conversation. Thank you, and God bless.